Philippians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, only let us live up to what we have already yes. attained. Everybody say, already. Already. Okay. Now, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is where I want your Bible to be open while I'm preaching. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Are you there? Yeah. Amen. Amen. All this is for your benefit. Everybody say benefit. Benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs. Everybody say far outweighs. Far outweighs. Them all. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is, is eternal. So Father, in Jesus' name, open our eyes to see life through your eyes, God. Father, give us godly perspective. Empower us to see what is unseen. To give thanksgiving. God, to see what is beneficial to us. To see the gifts that you have already given us, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. So, let's talk about category of blessings. Tell me. Speak to me. When you say, oh, God bless me today, or God bless me this week, God bless me this month, what are some examples of God's blessings? Money. Money. Yes. I got an envelope, and there was a check for $10,000. Yay. That's a blessing. What, what else? Good health. Yeah. Once you've been sick, then you know. That's a blessing, huh? Health. What else? Food. Yeah, especially after Sunday when people invite the pastors over for some food. We know we're blessed, right? No pressure. But anytime. Right? What else? What are, what else? What are some other blessings? Revelations. Huh? Revelations. Revelations from God. Yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? Deliverance. 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 Yeah, you've been bound. Now you're free. Hmm? What else? Mm. <laughs> Blessing, y'all, right? <laughs> yeah, there, you know, there are things that we consider blessings. What about curses or, or painful uh, uh, troubles? What, what are, give me some ideas. If you went through this, you would say, man, I went through some struggle, guys. You need to pray for me. What are, what are those? Medical bills. Oh, man. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Oh, okay. Whatever that is. Right? What else? Sickness. Lack of funds. Huh? Unemployment. Yeah. What else? Hardships. like relational difficulties. Right? So there are things that we categorize. These are blessings and these are not so blessings. Huh? But you know... Like this month, as Benjamin is sending us the morning devotional, and one of the verse that, that he talks about is Genesis 1.28. It says, 
God has blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. You know, I thought about that first. And God didn't say, be fruitful and multiply, then I will bless you. God didn't say, fill the earth and subdue it, then I will bless you. The reality is, it said, God blessed them first. And then said, be fruitful and multiply. You know, a lot of us, we live our lives searching for blessings as we lack And we're like, God, bless me. God, please bless us. God, come through. God, please. But the reality is, he already blessed us back in Genesis 1. He blessed them and said, a definition of blessings, a special favor, Mm -hmm. mercy, or benefit. Everybody say benefit. Benefit. It's a favor or gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. If you've been blessed by God, Guess what? It's a favor from God. It's a gift from God. And it brings you joy and happiness. Huh? And the key is we have to live from this reality. That we have been already. Everybody say already. Already. Blessed. You have been already blessed. Not from I need to get to a place of blessing. I'm not there yet. No, we have to live from a home that is called blessings because already God has built us a home called blessings. Amen. Amen? Amen. Now, I want to talk about what happened recently. So I wasn't even in our Thailand team. Uh, Nanravi and Mimi and David were in Thailand and Myanmar team. And at the last minute, when I came back from Indonesia, I've decided, well, right before I went to Indonesia, I decided to go to Thailand with our team. Why? Because we were in a predicament. We were stuck, and we didn't know how to get unstuck. So some of you heard of it, and some of you, you're going to hear right now. What happened was, when we sent Albertine and Karina, these are our two long-term missionaries we sent beginning of this year to Thailand. And the plan was, they go to Bangkok, they study the language for four months. After four months, they're supposed to be sent to an unreached region where there's no Christian, and they're supposed to begin their missions work there. Well, once they were there, it was good. But after four months had passed, the, our contact over there said, no, Albertine's going to be here for like more than two, three years. That means she has to study the language for nine months. Well, what about Karina then? Because Karina only went there for one year, and her main goal was to be with Albertine for one year. So that Albertine didn't have to start her her overseas missions work by herself. And so they were going to send Karina to another village to teach English, and Albertine was going to be left in Bangkok to study for another five months. And so we're like, no, no, that's not what we decided. No, and, and, and we're like, no, we need to send them both. And there were some conversations going back and forth with the missions organizations that we worked with. And after a while, can I just be real with you? I was frustrated. I felt limited. I felt held back. I felt like, and, and they kept saying, you know, lo- you guys are great at short-term missions, but long-term missions, we know what we're doing. You can't just send them. They're not going to be effective at all if you just send them. They don't even really know the language that well. And they're going to end up hurting people and offending people. And so, um, but we're like, but, but we don't, we don't, 
no, no, this is not what we have planned. No. And we didn't know what to do. And finally, I looked at Nanravi and said, Nanravi, we could do this. You and I, we'll take our team, we'll rent a van, we will drive to unrich regions, and we'll just pray, and we'll just do whatever it takes, and we'll find a place, and we'll leave Alberton and Karina there. You with me? She's like, yes. <laughs> and so we spent hours looking at different unrich regions, and, and we're like, okay, we could go here, we could go here, we could go there. And then right before we went to Thailand, we get a message from Thailand saying, uh, yeah, we're going to, when you come, we're going to send you to this village and that village. We're like, what? The whole reason why I'm going is to look for, but we can't go there. And so we're like, well, did you already tell those villagers that we were coming? Because if not, we don't want to go there. We already have our plan. And we get a response. Yes, we have already told the leaders of those villages that you are coming and they are waiting for the Living Hope Missions team as if they are waiting for the arrival of Jesus Christ. So how do you back out on that? What? Oh, God. And so what we had to do was we had to divide the team just to honor their hearts. And um, I told Nanravi, go. Go do the ministry there. And I took Karina, and I went up north. And I had four uh, divine appointments set up that I was going to see. I'm going to find a temporary home for them so that they could look for that unreached region. Well, the first night I was in Chiang Mai, before I met with anybody, I heard the voice of God. And voice of God was saying, you feel limited, huh? Yeah. You feel frustrated? Yeah. You want to get out? Yeah. And you know what he said? But Sonny, that is my gift for living home. What you think is limiting you, what you think is frustrating you, what you think is bounding you is actually my gift. This is my gift. This is my gift to living hope. This is my gift to Albertine. This is my gift to Karina. And so I got confused. I'm like, God, how can this be a gift? I don't understand. I feel so frustrated. How can something that brings you so much frustration be a gift from you, God? I don't understand. But at that moment, I knew the voice of God, and I had to shift. Okay, gift. Okay, God, I received this as a gift. And you know what happened? The understanding did not come until I embraced it as a gift. When I said, I don't feel it, I don't see it, but I trust your voice, God, that this is a gift. I thank you for this gift. And once I embraced it as a gift, this understanding came. My eyes opened. Before this, this opening, I was like, when I'm talking to the, the reverend over there, I was like, I don't understand. We brought you so much for, like stress, like to tell the truth, like Aberton and Karina and Living Hope, like because we're so demanding of, because we know clearly what we want to do. We brought so much stress to that missions organization, you know? And it's like, and you could tell they're frustrated and they're, they're, they feel limited and they feel everything we felt also. And so I'm thinking, I know you're feeling this. I could hear it in your voice. I thought you would be happy. But when I was talking to him, talking to him he said, reconsider. We could still work together. 
I believe even though our DNA is different, even though I believe we could work this together for the kingdom of God. And so when he was saying that, I didn't go, oh, thank you. You know, inside I was like, I don't understand. Just let us go. You know, like we brought you a lot of stress and vice versa. I think it would be better if we just went our separate ways. But then, and so nicely I just said, you know, Reverend, just pray. Open your heart to God. And so will we. And whatever God says, let's just obey. He said, okay. And I said, okay. And when I said that, I thought I already knew what God was going to say, which was, <laughs> let them go, right? And so I go to Chiang Mai. The first night, God says, the whole missions organization that do not have your DNA, the whole missions organization that's trying to hold you back, that's limiting you, that's my gift Amen. to you. And once that revelation came, my perspective changed from just let us go, why, 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 to wow, we, we frustrated you so much. We brought so much stress, but you're so graceful to still wanting to work with us. Wow. Like once I got that revelation, I got so thankful to God and I got so thankful to the reverend and the Santipap organization. They're so graceful. They're willing to... They're willing to go through some stressful interactions for the kingdom of God. And, and you know what? Their heart was to protect us and to empower us. And I couldn't see that in the beginning. Hmm? Amen. The blessings, the open doors came after I embraced them as a gift from the Lord. And you know what? Right now, already they're in Buriram, which is an unreached region. And they're serving the Lord together. And we're working with them hand in hand, side by side. Hmm? Now, gift. What is a gift? Gift is something given voluntarily without payment in return. If I give you a gift, you don't have to give me back anything. It's to show favor to somebody. Hmm? But what happens when somebody gives you a gift, but you don't receive it as a gift, but you see it as a curse? What the, the giver feels rejected, dishonored, and demoted. Huh? What if here, here, Heidi, this is a gift for you? And you're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> what would the giver think? I'll never do that again. Huh? It's only a gift when the receiver receives it with joy. And you know what I realized? The Santipa organization was a gift to us, but I didn't, I, we didn't embrace it as a gift. And because of that, we lost faith in that organization. We lost, we lost joy working with them. Huh? We lost excitement. But when we embraced it as a gift, man, the Thanksgiving just, just came we're just so thankful for that missions organization. Hmm? So gift is a gift when a receiver receives it with joy. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, what does, uh, what does Philippians 3.16 says? Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Everybody say already. Already, already is a compound word with all, A-L-L, plus ready. Not some ready not little bit ready all 
ready. Hmm? When we go to Indonesia, the, one of the first Indonesian words that I learned was suda. Everybody say suda. Suda is already in Indonesian. No matter what you ask them, they always answer with suda. Did you eat? Suda. Did you go to school? Suda. Did you do your homework? Suda. Did you do this? Suda. Everything is suda, right? And so, like, wow, they don't say yes. They say already. Did you do this? Yes. No. They say already. Already. All ready. Done. Hmm? When something is not ready, what happens? You're preparing dinner and it's not ready. And you just, you got so hungry, you just started eating something that's not all ready. Does it taste good? No. No. What if like, Potato, you were like frying potato, but you decided to just eat before it's cooked, right? Or rice. Yeah, rice. It's not like halfway cooked and you're eating it. Huh? It doesn't taste good. What about performers? What if I called you up here and say you're going to dance and you are not all ready? What happens? Is that an exciting performance experience? No, you're going to feel like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not there yet. No, please don't let me. I want you to share the gospel with your coworker. I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. I want you to pray for your mother that said, no, I'm not ready. She doesn't even know I'm a Christian. I'm not ready. I want you to bless this. Take that person out to lunch. No, I don't have enough, God. I'm not ready. I'm not all there yet. But the reality is, God is saying, I have already... All, A-L-L, in totality, everything, all ready, given you my blessings. Hmm? But so many of us, we live, huh? We live out of that lack, I'm not prepared, I'm not ready. You're going to preach the gospel, I'm not ready. You're going to lead worship, oh, I'm not ready. You're going to do it, I'm not ready, I lack, oh, I don't have enough, I don't have, I don't have, always that poverty mindset, I'm not ready, and I don't have enough. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Blessings. Remember, God already blessed you back in Genesis 1. Amen. Right? God has already given you authority to trample. Huh? What was yesterday's devotion? To trample, right? On your enemy, the snakes. God has already given you his favor. His pl- You already please him. Amen. Just yes. by existing. Just by breathing. You know, when Alethea was first born, I would like wake up in the middle of the night and listen, just making sure she's stopped breathing. I just listen and I hear, oh my goodness, yeah. And that just brought me so much joy. Just the fact that you're breathing and you're alive and you're seated in the seat, it brings God pleasure and joy. You already possess that. It's countless. The blessings of God are countless. Hmm? Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, all this is for your benefit. Everybody say benefit. benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God for your benefit. Therefore, it is good. It is beneficial for you. When you know 
something is beneficial, you can't help but be thankful. Amen. And when you are thankful, the Bible says it's to the glory of God. Amen. When you know something is beneficial, even if it's painful, you know it's beneficial. Like when you have to take medicine, it's bitter, it's nasty. Sometimes it gets stuck in my throat. I don't like taking medicine. But you know what? I take it because I know it's beneficial. When it's beneficial, you can't help but thank God. Huh? And thanksgiving flows out of your heart to the glory of God, no matter how painful it may be momentarily. You know, I love Heavenly Man, written by Brother Yan. And there he talks about visiting there's a small group of believers. And as they were worshiping, the policeman raided their home. And the policeman started to slap them, punch them, kick them. And as they were getting beaten, they were smiling and laughing. Why? Because they went crazy? No, because they read about persecution. And they read about sufferings of Jesus Christ. And they said, oh my goodness, God, you find us worthy to be suffered with you? Oh my God. Even though they were experiencing physical pain, they were giving thanksgiving to the glory of God. Amen. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some examples of situations that seem like a curse, but were beneficial. You know, uh, many years ago, Benjamin went, and I were invited to Vatican City for a conference. And so with that, we've nev- I've never been to Europe. And so since we're going to have to buy a ticket to go there, why not take another week and, you know, visit other places? So we went to Spain and France. And once we got to France, it was expensive, but it was beautiful. And our last day there, we had to go to the airport to go to Italy. Now, me, I'm very frugal. And I'm very proud to be frugal, right? And so to save $8 per person, instead of taking a taxi, we decided to take the subway. And we wanted to make sure. I'm also very crisis-oriented, so I don't wait till the last minute. I figure it out in advance. I write my research paper way before it's due. I'm that kind of person, right? He's so blessed. You know, <laughs> and so we wake up like five hours. Oh, it takes one hour. We're going to wake up five hours early, and we're going to go there five hours early, just in case something happens. So we walk, get to the subway, and they said only an hour or so. We get in the subway. In the middle, it stops, and it won't move. What's going on? First, we're like, oh, we have five hours. It'll be all right. And then it won't move. We're like, what's going on? We asked the people, is this normal? They're like, no, this never happened. You know, by the time we got to the airport, our flight already left. And then we're thinking, okay, can you put us on the next flight, please? And they said, if you pay for it. And for that flight, we paid over 100 what, $20, $30 per person because we bought it way in advance and we bought it here. So, okay, we're trying to calm herself down. Okay, how much is your cheapest? Uh, 2,000 stinking US dollars, which we did not have. You should have seen my husband then. We started to freak out. We were walking, he just went. A trash can, 
knocked over a trash and we're like, what's going on here? Only for a moment, just for like a few seconds. And then we didn't have that money, but we had a credit card that had. So we put it on credit card. First, we considered maybe we should just go home. But to go home, we had to fly somewhere too, right? Because our ticket wasn't from France. In Enyo, we had to pay something. So we put it on credit card. But you know what? We started to do it. Like, I knew that really hurt him. I knew that really. And my heart, like, just mercy and grace. And I just start to rub his back. It's okay. We could pay it. We, we could pay it back. And then he knew that really hurt me too. Because money... Yeah, like, I need security, <laughs> financial security, and he knows that. And so he was hurting for me. Baby, it's okay. We're, we'll work something out. And we, we were starting to really encourage one another, and then it became very intimate, and we were kissing each other and loving on each other. And you know what? We experienced deeper intimacy in that moment than any other candlelight dinners. If you see a couple that is about to get a divorce... And if they could buy their intimacy back for $2,000, can they? Absolutely. No. They can't. They can't buy with money. But you know what? This loss of $2,000 that brought us this deeper intimacy, guess what? It was beneficial to us. Therefore, we were able to rejoice instead of cry all the way (laughs) to Italy. And you know, people at the conference, when they heard about it, they were shocked that we loved each other. Because even like uh, couples in like 50s and 60s, like these are pastors, they're like, how'd you guys do that? Because we would be still fighting right now. (laughs) I told you we should take taxi. Well, why didn't you make me take taxi? You're the head. We could be still fighting many years after. Right? But that instead of letting it go to a fight that we empowered and encouraged one another. That $2,000, yeah, it took us more than a year to pay it off. But you know what? It was beneficial. Mm, amen. It was worth it. <laughs> but you know what else, though? Even my barrenness. So, so many of you cried out to God on our behalf for God to bless us with a child. Nine years of barrenness. When I was living it, I'm not going to lie, it was difficult. I longed for a baby. But you know what? My testimony all over the world when I say I couldn't get pregnant for nine years or eight and a half years. And I got my first baby and only baby after nine years. They're like, and their hearts are softened. Like, I mean, I make Jesus real with my testimony. Think about it. If I said, yeah, I tried six months or a year and I finally got pregnant to it took me nine years. The response of the heart. My testimony is that much more powerful because we have to wait that long. It was beneficial. Now I have that authority to bring the kingdom of God, to make Jesus real. Even in Telo Island in Indonesia, when I share that testimony, all these people came who were barren. And when we pray for them, man, they were being touched by God. And God was, you know, giving them faith. Look at verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Say, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are always wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day 
When you have demonic perspective, you are tormented. You can't sleep at night. You are bombarded with these negative thoughts about you, about others, and complaining comes out. It's chronic complaining, chronic pain, chronic tormentation from the enemy. Hmm? Now, your response to life and situations will show whose perspective you have at that moment. Amen. Are you rejoicing? Mm. I can't see it, but I know it's beneficial. I know God works everything for the good of those that love him, and I love Jesus. So therefore, even though I can't see it, this is beneficial. God, thank you, Spirit. Amen. Soulish. I know God said, but it's hard. I don't know how. Soulish. Flesh, I don't care. I just don't care. Flesh. Demonic. Right? You're just tortured by the enemy. Hmm? Why do we teach you to shift so much at Living Hope? And sometimes you get so tired of shifting, huh? I, if I hear that one more time, Pastor. You know why? Because it's the only way to live in the Spirit. It's the only way to have godly perspective. Even when God told me that this situation that we were in was a gift, I had to shift because I couldn't see it. I had to shift and by faith embrace it as a gift. Then the next morning I got the understanding. Mm. Verse 17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Everybody say far outweighs. Now, if I said, Joseph, can you give me $5 because I don't have any cash. But you know what? For giving me $5 next week, I'm going to give you 500 bucks. Would you do it? 
Who would do that? Who would give me $5 today if for sure you're going to get $500 next week? Oh, Smart people. Hmm? But you know what? Why are you, why, why are you willing to give up your $5? It's your money. And you're not, you're, for one week, you're not going to have that $5. Why are you willing to do that? Because what's coming to you a week later far outweighs what you gave. It far outweighs. But so many of us, we cry about five stinking dollars. We cry about the little that we lose, not realizing the much. We don't know how to rejoice for the much. But we know about crying about for the little. We have to stop crying about five dollars, guys. And really see what is coming to us that far outweighs. And you know what? Man, when we have good attitude, when we're going through struggles, and by faith we say, this is beneficial to me, God. This far outweighs what I'm giving out right now. I trust you. When you have that kind of attitude, man, God... That pleases God so much. If he was preparing $500, oh, I like that attitude, son. I'm going to add another 500 bucks. You know, Benjamin took Alethea yesterday to Pastor Daniel's church. They had a little picnic. And they gave her a helium balloon. And this little boy came and snatched it out of her, and it flew off. And usually, Alethea would be like, right? But she had such a good attitude. And, you know, the other adults were like, you know, saying something to him and making him say sorry to Lethia. No, Lethia's like, that's okay. That's okay. She has such a good attitude. It impressed Benjamin. He was like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to ice cream. <laughs> like, like I, I wasn't there. So I was like, Benjamin, I want to eat ice cream. I knew we didn't have any ice cream. It's like, Lethia, go get mommy one. I'm like, we have ice cream? Yeah, and he told me the story. I'm like, good girl, baby. So it's when you have trust. Because the only way you could see it as beneficial when it's painful is if you have faith in God. And even though God sees that this is painful to you, but you're saying, God, I trust you. Therefore, somehow, some way, this is beneficial to me. So I give you things. When you have that kind of attitude, God's like, you know what? I was like planning to bless you this much, but I'm going to double that. It pleases your father. Hmm? Verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what? is unseen. What you see is painful. I hear you. What you see is lack. I hear you. What you see is, 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 is division. What you see is pain. But you do not fix your eyes on what is seen. But you fix your eyes on what is unseen. Hmm? Because what is seen is temporary. $2,000, that's temporary. But a love for one another is eternal. Hmm? The key is fixing our eyes on what is eternal. Have you guys ever seen Francis Chan's illustration on eternal, eternity? Anybody? I want you to go home and look for it on YouTube. What he did was he got miles of ropes, okay? And then in the beginning, about an inch, he colored it. And he said, your life on earth is this, like an inch, okay? Now, 
look at this. And he started to pull the rope. I mean, the whole time he was preaching, he was just pulling the rope. And it was endless. And you're crying about this little thing. You're, you're struggling about this little thing when you have this eternity with God, the Father that loves you. The, the pain, the struggle, it's, it's this. Compare to your life in heaven with God. Eternity. Fixing your eyes on what is eternal. And the only way to fix your eyes on what is eternal is when you see and walk by the Spirit, in the Spirit. Verse 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Already you have all you want. This is Paul saying to his people. Already you become you have become rich. Already. A L L. Not some. Not little bit. Already you are strong. Already you have been blessed. Already you are rich. The poorest person in this room. When I take you to Indonesia or Thailand or Africa. You're probably the richest person in that region. Because you don't have to worry about roof over your head, at least. You don't have to worry about what you're going to feed your child next meal. But more than half the population have to worry about that. Yeah, you may not have the cars that your friends friends have. Yeah, you may not have the houses that you want. But you know what? You are already rich. Hmm? I believe today God wants to change your perspective and open your eyes to the blessings that he has already blessed you with. He wants to change your perspective and open your eyes to the answers that you've been crying out for that's already in you, in your situation. It's already in you. You just can't see it because you have not embraced it as a gift. When you embrace that as a gift, God's going to open your eyes. Understanding will come, and you'll see the answers and the open doors. Amen. Hmm? I want you to stand up, and I want you to lay before God all your cares and concerns. There's so many of us in here. We have different concerns. We have different cares. You know, somebody came and told me that, there's somebody, one of their family members has been taken away. How do you see that as beneficial? It's painful. It's painful, right? So many of us, we are in situations and circumstances that concerns you. But God is saying right now, son and daughter, lay before me all your concerns, the things that you do not understand. Lay it before me because the Bible says, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. And the Bible also says that he will perfect all that concerns you. You have a God that promises to perfect all that concerns you. You may think about that relationship that's bringing you so much pain. You saw it as a curse. Will you lift it up before your God? The lack, financial lack. God, how long do I have to live with this lack? Will you lift it up before God? The limitations that you've been feeling. 
Lift it up before God. And trust that He will perfect all that concerns you. And as you lift it up before God, will you hear what God has to say about that? God, what do you have to say about this, huh? This pain, this struggle, what do you have to say? Will you hear the voice of God concerning your struggles? And his voice is this, son, daughter, that is my gift to you. You know, I was talking to Albertine and Karina. He cares for you more than what you could do for him. That's why he allowed you to go through these struggles. Because he was transforming inside of you. He was enlarging your inner world. Because he cares for you more. More than the work that you're going to do out on the field. This is my gift. Embrace it right now. That thing, that pain, that struggle. But I feel so alone. How can this be a gift? I feel so alone. God's saying, for this season, this is my gift for you. But God, I feel so disconnected. God, I feel the lack. I don't, I want to give, but I can't even provide for myself. God, how can this be a gift? But God is saying, hear my voice. This is my gift. This is my gift. Embrace it as a gift out of trust right now. And maybe some of you, you could see that you're soulish. You hear my voice. You hear it. But it's hard for you to embrace it because in your feelings, you can't, all you feel is the pain. Lift it up to God. Give it to God. Some of you, maybe your perspective is fleshly. You just don't care anymore. You're about to just walk out. You're just, you're just ready to just give it up. Some of you, will you repent? That's what I had to do in Chiang Mai. I said, God, I wasn't able to see your gift as a gift. I thought it was a curse. I thought, but God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. And I thank you. I thank you, God, that you didn't take away this gift from me. And some of you, it's been demonic. God, I've been tortured by the devil from this. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hands. I'm just going to break that. Demonic influence, all it takes is for us to break it. Father, right now, with hands lifted up, there's demonic perspective, this demonic influence over your sons and daughters, God, that's keeping them from good night's rest, Lord, that's keeping them from walking in victory. Father, in the name of Jesus, I break the demonic power over your sons and daughters in Jesus' name. I break it. I break it in Jesus' name. No more will you be tormented by demonic perspective, but you will see through God's eyes in Jesus' name. Father, I pray 
that you would empower your sons and daughters to fix our eyes on what is eternal. God, will you open our eyes to see the gifts and the blessings of God? Father, empower your sons and daughters to receive the gift as a gift, not to see it as a curse, God, but see it as a gift, Lord. And it pleases you, God, when we receive your gift, Lord. Right now, I want to invite you. Rest of you, you got it. God bless you. But some of you, you may need some hands laid on you saying, you know what? I see. Some of you are saying, I see, I hear it. I hear you, God. It's a gift. But it's hard for me to embrace it as a gift right now because it brought me so much pain. If that's you, we want to pray for you. We want to pray the pain away. We want to pray God's perspective upon you. And some of you, because of disillusionment, you don't even have the desire to see it through God's eyes. If that's you, you really need to come up so that we could pray for you, help you want what is true. Amen? So, Father, right now, Lord, you're about to just blast your sons and daughters, God, with a godly perspective. God, you're about to fill us with your spirit so that we could see life through your eyes. To be able to embrace the gifts as gifts, Lord. Mm. So, as Benjamin sings, I want, if you need prayer, I want you to.